Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me uh, for this episode, basically every episode, are my co-hosts and colleagues, Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. We're back from the All-Star break. We have the couple trades that we'll we'll touch on, um, and we also have an eight-game slate of NHL hockey on Tuesday night to handicap. It feels like months since we've had a decent slate. Um, but here we are, and we've got a, a few underdogs that we like. Three, three different ones. Uh, Tim, you can start us off here because you're going to be trying to beat Knicks, Washington Capitals with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the line for this one is Habs plus 142 on the road, Caps minus 170, and one of two games with a five and a half total on the board. So why the Habs? Yeah, I'm on the Habs here. Anything, um, I'd say better than plus 135. I think, you know, we, we say this quite often here. I just don't think the gap is this big between them and, and them and the Capitals. You look at the the total, we're expecting kind of a, you know, a low event type game, which is perfect for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I think a lot of the narrative is going to stick in people's head that, you know, yeah, they sold Monaghan, they we're kind of crawling to the all-star break, but as much as I was saying, Hey, we probably have to make an adjustment or at least myself and that some of these teams are hanging by a thread by the time they get to the all-star game. And I think Canadians are one of those teams. The flyers are one of those teams, but look after the break, I think everything can kind of just reset a little bit and they can, you know, hopefully have a, a full battery to play that the, the way they want to play, which is good goaltending, hang on and hopefully win in overtime. So I just think it's closer than what this number indicates. I, I don't think I don't, I'm not a huge believer in the caps. If you told me that this second half of the season, the caps and the uh, Habs are going to have the same exact record. I, I would probably like think that that's totally feasible. I think they're in the same class. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not here. I think the Habs are terrible. And <laughs> as much as I don't, I don't think Monaghan's, gonna maybe move the needle as much as some people think and we'll get into that for the Habs you look down the middle it is barren really really barren so I can see it I mean they're gonna look to hang around they've got Montembeau who's a complete game changer but I yeah and I'm low on the caps but I don't know I I, I just can't quite do it here with them yeah I, I think Tim is on to it here uh I, I it's as much as we think that this Habs team is a uh, can be a train wreck in its own zone, the, the goaltending's good enough that it kind of papers that over enough against a team like Washington that I don't really think is gonna run away and hide here. So I don't know. I think that if if you look at it more as a bet against Washington than a bet on Montreal, it, it makes some sense here. Um, they were the number I would say on. I had all three of these underdogs we're going to touch on at the top of the show were uh, on my short list, but my favorite one by far was the Flames at plus 170 against the Bruins um, in Boston. Uh, Bruins laying minus 205 right now, a total of six. Calgary made uh, a big trade in uh, the during the All Star break, sending Elias Lindholm to Vancouver in exchange for uh, 
a decent haul. Andre Kuzmenko, a first round pick, some prospects. I actually don't think that this trade hurts Calgary really that much at all. Like, I don't think it takes them from a C plus team to a D minus team or anything like that. It's just they're going to be average still. And I think Kuzmenko actually, given what we saw out of him last year, the the way he was playing this year, if he can kind of just level out his form, he gives them something that they just don't have, which is a guy who can score goals kind of reliably. I know Sharon Govich has been doing that, but he's he's still Sharon Govich. He's Igor Sharon Govich. It's not like you're going to take that guy to the bank, but I, I think that the trade is all right. Um, as for the Bruins, we know that they're you know generally just going to be overvalued because of the way they play and, and their ability just to, to win the big moments and the great goaltending and the system and the structure and all that. Um, but I just, I don't think that, especially on after a long break, that the gap is this wide. And I wonder if folks are just going to forget about the flames in this position because of the trade and not want to deal with betting on a, on a big underdog after they quote unquote, you know, wave the white flag, which I don't think is the case here, Nick. Yeah, I'm with you on the logic that I don't know if the Flames are going to be that much worse. And I'm not trying to say that Lindholm's not a better player than Kuzmenko. But Lindholm was playing like he was just waiting to get traded in Calgary. So if you look at in terms of like what they could get, I'm completely with you that Kuzmenko could arguably give the Flames more or less what they were getting out of Lindholm. I know Lindholm's uh, can use a lot more areas defensively and on the penalty kill, but I completely agree with that take. I think that it's actually not at all insane to say that Kuzmenko could just get going and, and give the Flames what they're getting out of Lindholm, more or less. So I kind of like that, and I definitely don't disagree with this at all. And and yeah, good trade for Calgary. I think they did really well with that. I I think you guys all nailed it. I just wish the team on the other side wasn't Boston. <laughs> the team that seems to... Um be like spot proof, um, narrative proof. Like I just, I really want to back the flames and kind of bunk the the narrative, but like, God, I just wish it was someone other than the Bruins. Right. Yes. I think that is part of the problem here. And I think maybe why this number looks to me like it's too big uh, that folks are, they probably just have Bruins fatigue. Like who wants to bet against this team the past two years? They just keep winning against teams that they should beat. Um, well, look, Leboff, what is strong is that, hey, if you are going to pick weak, uh, holes in Boston, it's the middle of the ice and Calgary, like, you know, maybe it's net net fine in the in the middle of the ice in this game. And then it just comes down to, you know, which Bruins goalie is going to uh, shut the door, essentially. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't hate it. I think the line's a little, little nutty. Uh, so that's the halves and flames so far. Nick, you're going to take us to Sunrise, Florida. Or an underdog that you're interested in. That's uh, the Philadelphia Flyers are plus 180. The Cats are are minus 218 here. The total is six. Owen Tippett should be back for for Philadelphia, which is good news. This five game losing streak is it's kind of I think a lot weirder than people realize that it, it does seem like it's just been bad goaltending that's truly sunk them here. And I'm, I'm assuming that that's where you're going to kind of start with this argument. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, this was my favorite dog out of the slate. And one thing that I think we got to throw out there that hasn't gotten in on any of these three games, I do think there's a little extra volatility coming out of the All-Star break in the bye week. And I'm looking at the first Monday back, the results last season. And I think that would tap into that. The games were pretty wonky if you consider like who was good last year. The Ducks beat the Stars. 
uh, Tampa beat Florida 7-1. The Flames beat the Rangers. The Canucks beat the Devils. So relative to what these teams were last season, that was quite a bit of, uh, I'd say that that does agree with that take. And that's kind of my case here. Maybe they can catch them sleeping. I think it's not like the strongest play numbers-wise, but maybe a bit of a bottom falling out for uh, the Flyers. So plus 172, I don't mind it. I think it's a worthy dog and maybe kind of a time to try to tap into maybe one team being a little ready to go. The Flyers really want to snap this five-game streak. Uh, we've got, you know, players coming in from all over the place. I think it is it is notable. And, um, yeah, it's probably some kind of a trend to watch. I definitely have a little less conviction in these games. Like, if you're going to back, say, like a big favorite, I think more than usual, you might not want to, like, be certain you know what you're getting. you got to kind of keep in mind what these players have been through. I mean, if you pay attention to any other social media, they're all over the place fishing and, golfing and wherever in Bermuda. So keep that in mind, I think. And for Philly, this is a, it's like an extension of the vacation. Like, oh yeah, no, uh, no more Cancun. Well, uh, let's continue this party. We're going to Florida. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think that this number looks a little high. It looks like a good buy low, sell high spot. The Panthers have been just on a pair since uh, around Christmas, 13 Two and one or something around uh that mark. Couple four game plus winning streaks in that span. Went into the break playing really well. The secret's out on them. Uh everyone the the prevailing thought uh when people are handicapping the playoff races uh, with the especially in the Metro and the Eastern Conference wild card was yeah, Philly's Philly's done. Like they're gonna come back down to earth. They're not gonna be able to survive the uh, you know, Carter Hart being uh accused of sexual assault and and not playing again. So it's going to be Erson and, and Cal Peterson. So everyone's just kind of assuming that this Flyers team is going to fade. And I think that maybe, but it's probably going to be a slower boil than them just losing 12 in a row here. Uh, I think Erson is just, it's almost, re- it's, it's going to be really hard for him to be as bad as he was over this five game stretch when he was posting like an 826 and, a save percentage and a minus six uh, goal saved above expected. So well, the, yeah, and the one from him should should stabilize his team even a little bit. The yeah, the one thing that I think has people really writing them off is that they're not controlling play like they were. Like they're getting dummied in those games in January. So I think that's part of it. But you you look at the teams too. They played Dallas, Colorado, Ottawa's actually playing pretty good as we know, and uh, the Lightning, Wings, Bruins. That's a pretty big gauntlet. And while we're on the sense, I'll throw out, you guys know that I was uh, grumpy about this. I've been waiting to get on the pod and proclaim myself as an idiot because um, I trusted something I read on Twitter uh, regarding the sense schedule that said they had 12 games in February and why I thought the 100 to 1 uh, most most points prop was so good. And then as I got to diving into it a little more and I was calculating the strength of their schedule, they have only 10 games. So it was far from the the sneaky great pick I thought it was. Um and you it was, know it was even sneakier than you thought. That's yeah, that's what it is. It's too sneaky. I thought FanDuel was just power rating them way too low, but no, it turns out they're there for a reason. So um, Good thing I already bet it, Nick. Appreciate it. I was going to say sorry sorry to everyone for that. That's my bad. Uh you know maybe they'll go 10 and 0, but, but I'm yeah, I think I just got to admit that I screwed that one up. What, one more thing about uh, Philly Leboff. If there was a team that needed a vacation, like more than Philly, like you're not going to find it. That like, it's like work when just, they just needed a vacation. They needed to yeah. get away. 
and come back and and maybe that'll that'll serve them well. I feel like Torts is a guy you trust in that situation. Like, hey, week off, let's come back, fire it up again. Yeah, I think that is a uh, point well taken as well. All right, let's uh, look at a few other games before we get to our best bets for this eight-game slate. Jets and Penguins. This one is essentially a pick Jets right now are minus 105, so slight underdog in Pittsburgh. The Penguins, minus 115. A total of five and a half here. Uh, Tim, you are you noted that you are, are leaning towards the Penguins. I think that this is a classic game where no matter who I bet on in this one is going to lose. Like, I have no feel for it, so... I'm happy to kind of just hand the the keys over to you for this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm probably in the same boat as you in that and having no feel. I just I keep waiting for the Pittsburgh thing to happen. And I just feel like so many people in the in the hockey community, betting community is just like it's like they're darling right now for the second half, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. And, you know, when I talked to the NHL guys a couple of weeks ago, they said, what's your craziest long shot? Stanley Cup or whatever. And I gave Pittsburgh at like 40 to one, something like that, because I, I'm trying to I'm trying to speak into existence a lot of what I'm hearing, which is their underlying numbers are really good, this and that. But I keep getting burned. And then I look at a line like this, you know, pretty much even both ways. I'm like, and they they're telling us how, what they think of Pittsburgh. And that's why I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I should jump aboard here because I feel like this is a statement from the odds makers about what they think of Pittsburgh with with Winnipeg being, you know, hey, it's a cup favorite. They, they're at the top here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, my I think a big part of that is that the Jets probably aren't as strong as people think, at least the way odds makers price games. Um, I mean, I'm with you, though. Like, I, I don't know. To me, Mike, this just looks like one I don't want to touch. I feel like yeah. you're getting the pens, getting a lot of credit for their underlying process. The Jets really haven't been great recently. I mean, it it sucks to say it, but I mean, we were talking before the show about how uh, how many teams are getting credited as true cup contenders and how people are viewing kind of Monaghan as the move that puts them over the edge. I'm a lot more skeptical on that. I don't think Monaghan is a cup-winning second-line center. It feels like one of these things he's gotten credit for what, like, for basically being old because people are rating him as a playoff player. Nobody in the city of Calgary has ever thought he's a playoff player. He stunk it up every season in the playoffs here. So <laughs> I'll throw that out there. And then the other thing is he had huge roles in Montreal. He's getting a ton of power play points. And granted, he is going to stay on the power play, but now they're taking uh, Ehlers off that unit. So to me, it doesn't look like they've actually gained that much in terms of replacement value. I don't know if it's going to move, move the needle that much. Maybe I'll be wrong. But um, it feels like in the NHL, everyone likes to kind of pump these things up and really be positive. And I think, I don't know if I'm that afraid of the Jets after this move. We'll see. Like, it's a it's a great option to have the depth they now have when you inevitably get an injury. It gives them more on that front. But I don't think they're necessarily that much better today than they would have been just giving Ehlers more usage. And now he's got to play with Monaghan. And we'll see. We'll yep. see. Maybe I'll be wrong. But I just think it is kind of getting to the point where they're getting a little found out. They're not completely dominating and granted they didn't have Shifley and they didn't have some of their guys but um it feels to me like they're starting to look more like a team that's just really solid and has an excellent goaltender whereas before it looked like they were like the best defensive team in the league and they had an excellent goaltender so yeah we'll see I, I kind of think uh maybe they trend down a little bit in that top three race in the central yeah I'm gonna try to figure out the best way to say this so if it doesn't make sense you can let me know and and then just leave it on the cutting room floor, but uh, the Jets are, the, the Winnipeg Jets are a Stanley Cup contender. 
in this NHL, like in this season's NHL, right? But if we went two seasons ago to, or even last season, like this team is just, we're looking at them as a, you know, 25 to one ish team rather than uh, where they are now, because um, the ceiling just isn't as high. Like the gauntlet just isn't as robust um, because of just how the, the league has kind of cycled here. So I think that's why a lot of these teams are getting a lot more credit than they deserve. Like on paper, this, this Winnipeg Jets team, I don't think would be getting too much uh, as much love in seasons, more recent seasons. So uh, they're not, they're not elite, but sure. They can win the Stanley cup because the way that this season has kind of played out. I was just going to say off that leap off, like Winnipeg knows they're in, right? Like, so they're I feel like they're at the point in their season where it's like okay we just made a trade now we have to like figure out what's what is the pieces of the puzzle that's going to fit for us to be ready to go by night one of game one of the first round so they have like a little they have a little time to kind of play with their food a little a little bit whereas Pittsburgh they have to go right now because they have to figure out like are they keeping Gensel are they like keeping the the group around for one last hurrah? Like it's really now or never for Pittsburgh to answer these questions. Whereas the jets kind of have a little time on their hands. Yeah. And I completely agree with Mike. I think that's exactly the way I'm looking at it. Like the jets are a cup contender and they're a team that can get in and win the cup in my opinion, but they're not a team that has edges over the other teams that can get in and win the cup. I think that's kind of the summary of like what I'm thinking. And you guys know, I've been high on Dallas. And ultimately, I look at this move like to me, the thing that kind of keeps me a little lower on the Jets right now is I think we've kind of seen their fastball like we've seen what they are. We've seen them humming at close to full speed. And I, I wonder if the stars like I think the stars have some edges over them. I, I If that's the first round matchup in the central, that's going to be an unreal showdown to see. And um, yeah, you guys know, I think Dallas is the team to watch because I think if they start getting goaltending, if Harley keeps playing the way he is, Heiskanen's back in the lineup, like it feels like they have more that can go right. And then they can still make a move ahead of the deadline. So, um, yep. And yeah, I think they're a great team to watch the next coming weeks to, to flip this conversation real quick to Pittsburgh. Cause I think that they are, um, they're going to be a team that a lot of punters want to, uh, buy or circle. And Tim said like an intriguing long shot profile for sure. But I think you could also argue, and, and I'm not going to say we've seen their fastball because we probably haven't. I mean, they had that one you know, six-game winning streak, but that was coming after they started the season in kind of hilarious fashion. Um, but they've also, I think people think that this team ha- just hasn't had a lot go right for it. And maybe like there's been some weird bounces or whatever, but they're getting as good goal of goaltending that you can ex- imagine from Jari and Nadelkovic. I think they are combined um 16 or 17 goals uh 18 goals uh above expected Crosby hasn't missed a game Gensel hasn't missed a game Malkin hasn't missed a game Carlson hasn't missed a game Latang hasn't missed a game uh I I don't believe that this team is like as good as this number implies but I feel mm-hmm. the same way about the Jets almost and and it's 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 funny how these two teams will have nothing to do with one another in in respective races or whatever and and the next time they'll see each other probably is uh, if they don't play again, is is the Stanley Cup final? If that, but they are in weird ways. They they remind me of each other just to different degrees. Where I think both teams are getting, like you said, Nick, probably too much credit in the spot, um, and that makes it a long winded pass uh, from us. Um, Tim leaning towards Pittsburgh, 
Let's talk about those Dallas Stars up next, Nick. Uh, they are in Buffalo. They're a minus 155 favorite. The Sabres are plus 130, total of six and a half. I think if this wasn't the first game back from the break, I would be endorsing Dallas here, Nick. That's literally exactly how I'm thinking about it. As I see like a team photo with all of them cherry red looking hammered and wherever they were <laughs> is like uh, probably a bit of an explanation. I still would lean Dallas. I think that Dallas in the over, it just feels like right now that offense is going to keep humming. I love the way they're built. I think they can kind of expose the Sabres here. But it's funny you say that because that was exactly the same kind of thing I had where I was like, uh, I'm not thrilled about the spot in the first game back, but I kind of feel like it's a good matchup for the Stars' uh, deep offense to thrive. I can get to the over, I think, and I, I feel the same way. Like, I'm just looking at this line. I'm like, what am I missing? Are they, is this just, is this just a really tough hangover? Like, what what, what am I missing? And I'm just – I'm be so pissed if they just come out flat, and it'll be so totally explanatory of, you know, if they do, why they do. But it's like, you know, a, any other night, we'd love this, this short – like short yeah. fave, shortish fave. That's way better team. But I, I, I just, I don't know. This is my. It, it's really hard after this break here. Like, there, there's games tomorrow. There's games the next day. Maybe you have to see it, right? And I know that's a tough podcast take for yeah. uh, picks and, on the. But game, it's also but... actually you can take that and and make maybe make that useful for for handicapping, which is if they're like down two one going into the third period, maybe they're a good live betting opportunity uh, as they get there you know, their, their legs under them and, and the, the toxins are sweat out, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, it's just, this is, this one screams of, of every, you know, matchup on here that is involving two teams coming back from the break. This one screams the one that's like, be careful, be yeah. careful. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, no take is a good take sometimes as much yeah. as it's fun to come on here with 20 bets and a bunch of hot takes and get some, some views and listens i feel like it's just like whatever i'd rather just you know call it how it is and uh yeah live with that like we will also be here tomorrow and the day after and the weekend yeah like it's... exactly uh okay before we get to best bets let's talk canucks and hurricanes elias lindholm as we said is is now a member of the vancouver canucks uh should slot into their second line center they are plus 120 against one of his former teams the team that drafted him uh carolina hurricanes are minus 140 a total here of six and a half i i i was hoping i was gonna get a better number on carolina um didn't come and the goaltending mismatch here is quite daunting um no matter, I, I haven't even looked. I don't really even care if they go with Kachekov or Ranta, uh, because Kachekov or Martin or whoever, um, because with Kachekov coming back from the long layoff, with what we've seen out of Ranta and with who we know Spencer Martin is, uh, kind of at this point, I just don't really think that you can trust any of them like reasonably more than the other. Uh, one person you can trust is that Thatcher Demko if he gets a start, and you can still say the same thing about Casey DeSmith and, um, yeah, I think it's the type of game where you, I could see a lot of people having um, pretty uh, sound arguments for both sides, and that ultimately leads me to just pass on it here, Nick. Yeah, I thought the numbers looked fair here. And it's funny, too, like for as many of these, we think that like there isn't a bet. And I, I do have some conviction on our best bet. This is an unreal slate of games, I think, is the one fun part of this show is like more like the vast majority of these are games I really want to see. I think this is going to be a really fun game. Carolina's playing 
unreal. And you've got Lynn Holmes first game with the Canucks. I think um, it's a really good one, but the price looked more or less fair to me. Yeah. I, I wanted to jump on Carolina so badly, but like if you had home ice, all that stuff, power rating, it's like, this seems about right. This is what I, what it, what it should be. And then also just a little concerned with, like you, I mean, the, the goaltending, it's like, if you believe so strongly of the goaltending mismatch, then it's like, it's Vancouver all the way. Right. It's right. like, it's not even close, but, um, you know, maybe I, I'm trying to wonder, like, you felt like half of Vancouver's team was in the all-star game. Does that help that they continued to skate and kind of had to be like, I guess on per se. Um, and then lastly, when we talk about these trades and does that upgrade a team, downgrade a team? I, I think there's, a, I put a lot of stock into like the chemistry of a team and the fact that Vancouver, I think a lot of the, their strength this year has just been their team play. It seems to, yep. to all work and losing Kuzmenko, I think is actually a plus in terms of not that he was a problem himself, but the situation was kind of a problem. And that like, we all were waiting on what are they going to, what are they going to do with him? He's in a lot. He's scratched. He's this, then he's top power play. Like, I feel like it could be a relief for Vancouver to be like, Hey, this was kind of the one thing we were concerned about. Now it's done with like, this actually helps our chemistry that we kind of can figure this situation out. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a great fit as much as I've kind of said you, Tim, like my belief is more just that people overrate like what one top six player can do to a cup team's chances, mm. but that's not a slight at all on the Lindholm fit. I think he's like a great, great guy, great teammate from everything we've ever heard. Everyone in the room's pumped to have him there. I think they know they're probably kind of uh, appealing to Pedersen with this move, hoping maybe that helps this summer. So I think full value on everything there it's just you know like they did pay a lot to go all in but again that's yeah. that's a lot of fun that they did yeah. that so um yeah, no issues it, with the move at all it's the type front. of trade where if you're a vancouver fan you have every right to be over the moon but if you're a handicapper and you're betting it you're, you need to just not let that seep into how you look into this um and as you said nick this is a uh pound for pound wonderful slate of games basically everyone has some uh stakes to it you know, we're not dealing with the Sharks and Ducks at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time to take us into the All-Star break. Uh, so let's talk about our best bets. There are two games featured here. Let's start with the Avalanche and the Devils. This one is a pick right now. It's also a six and a half total. Um, Nick, your best bet here has to do with that total. But before we get to it, I just want to chime in. I think the more and more I think about it, the more and more I like the Avalanche for a lot of the reasons we kind of were just alluding to. Like they're they're playing Monday night, and I think this is a situation where, especially with the travel going from the Garden to New Jersey, it's a situation where it helps the team um, get get a game under their belt. Uh, the scary stole my thunder. Is, I was so, yeah. I was so excited to bring that point up. <laughs> I'm but I sorry, think it, Tim. I think it helps. Do you want, we can cut it, and you can, and I can just talk <laughs> it right to you before we get to this. Is it's supposed to be Nick's segment too? That's which is the best part. Uh, the only thing that's scary here is that it's going to be Justice Anunnan in goal, but who knows? Maybe he's a stalwart, and he's probably going to be as good as whoever the Devils play. Um, all right, Nick, tell us about the total. Yeah, so you kind of sold it for me because I fully agree. <laughs> I was going to make the point, too, that I think Colorado comes out a little Aren't we here. so smart, huh? Aren't we so <laughs> uh, smart? Yeah, so are we going to see the Devils shut down the Avs, particularly if the Devils game is a little sloppy? Uh, that seems hard to imagine for me and the devils are still trying to play with pace and get aggressive. And I don't think they're necessarily like adjusting their game too much here as much as they talk about 
trying to be more defensive and have their goalies figure it out. So I, I think the Avs will definitely contribute to this total and get theirs offensively. But you look at the Devils, especially if they get trailing, if they get pushing, they've been one of the best teams in the league playing from behind and finding ways to scrape out points. To me, this just looks like one that's going to be hard to keep under wraps. I think that this actually should have been set at seven. I don't know if it'll get there or not, but I would play over six and a half to minus 125 even. So hopefully some of the good numbers hang out there. Because yeah, to me, this just looks like one of those ones. I can't see what narratives are in place that mean this should be a lower total. Like it just Annan and Annette. He's, I mean, and he has been better. Like he's got a 908 save percentage in the AHL this year. So maybe he's a, a little better than some people think. But I mean, still, it's, I, I, I just, I think this should be seven. I think it'll probably get there. I mean, it's, it's, what could go wrong? All three of us, uh, were, <laughs> we, we came here blindly with the same, same take. I, I think that it's going to be really tough for New Jersey uh, after the break here to stop an avalanche team that already has a game under their belt. We know what they can do, lighting up the scoreboard, and then you just need New Jersey to do their part. And even if even if New Jersey's up, you trust the avalanche to, um, again, I always think of top, top teams that I would want down two goals to have a comeback. It's the avalanche. And then teams that, um, you know, with their goaltending situation on the back-to-back, I think they could be a little leaky. So I feel like there's a lot of ways that this thing could get over. Yeah. And Tim, the devils for like, as much as we, I fully agree with you on the avalanche comeback, they have the most comebacks. They've been oh, coming back in the third down two consistently. So, I mean, if they get down early, come out a little sloppy and then have to put, try and get aggressive and put some pressure on Ananin, I think that that'd be a great storyline for our over bets. So yeah. And I, Jack Hughes practice today, non-contact. So, he won't be in um, for that game, but good good situation to monitor for for Devils fans. Gives a little motivational boost, hopefully, to the guys coming out of this break. Yeah, or they go super uh, sloppy waiting for him to come back, and they just let up seven. <laughs> so, you know, either, either way, it works. All right. Uh, last game to talk about, biggest game on the slate, Oilers and Knights. I think this one's pretty simple. Edmonton's on the road. They're minus 130, Knights plus 110, uh, total six and a half. There's going to be a time to go against Edmonton. This is not it. With I know William Carlson's back for Vegas, but they're still banged up. Still no Eichel. Um, I fully expect the Oilers to be up for this one uh, here, Nick. So um, I think it's still a fine number here, even as a as a road favorite. Yeah, I like it. I think this is fully with you. The funnest game on the slate. Like what a what a nightcap. The Oilers trying to break the NHL record. They need this one in the Ducks game, right? Um, oh, and that'd be a, that's a good note to throw in too, because every site's offering that. Uh, if you price out the two games you're probably getting a better number to bet them as one-offs so i'll uh throw that out there too but such a fun game i agree the oilers are playing so so well right now they have had the soft schedule and vegas does have hill back and uh carlson back but i'm still not convinced that that like, i actually think the oilers deserve to be a bigger favorite here and i agree you'd, you'd think maybe like you don't want to go into it too much but they should be up for this one team that knocked them off in the playoffs they've got their huge streak i feel like they you know, I, I'm sure in the room they probably want to get that NHL record. Like, that's as much as you can really accomplish in the middle of the regular season, I think. And on top of that, the games are important here. Like, for not getting in one of these bad uh, um, wildcard matchups, definitely want to try to get up to first in the division, which is not as hopeless as it looks because they have the four games in hand. So if they were to win all four of those, they'd be uh, three points back of Vancouver or yeah, three points back of in. So anyways, um, 
great game. I, I'm with you. I think the Oilers should be closer, like minus 145 here. So I would play some of the numbers out there Monday. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is a great situation where you can kind of get the Oilers here in terms of Vegas kind of being a trendy dog, right? Like, I think a lot of people are, are kind of um, willing the streak to end. Like, now it ends here. This is a good match for them. Like, Vegas, we, we've seen Vegas win. Vegas could spoil this thing, which, you know, by all means, but I'll take the, the red-hot Oilers. Again, coming off of an all-star break, we talked a lot about not trusting teams and not knowing what we're going to get out of the all-star break. I think I trust that um, psycho Connor McDavid to uh, yeah. you know, be ready to go. Like I, I don't think there's many nights off with him and many uh, built-in excuses uh, when he he's wearing the C for that team. So I, I feel like I, I, as a young in my younger gambling career, I would be like, yeah, Vegas. Now's the time. This is perfect. Man. Like, but I think um, that actually creates some value on Edmonton here. We can kind of get him a little short. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, public tickets coming in on Vegas. Yeah, and the, the one note that I think is really relevant too, because this has been their better configuration recently, because we talked about how ahead of uh, whatever game, the Chicago game, and I don't know if the Oilers just were kind of practicing different things, trying to get some chemistry, how they went with Dreisaitl up with McDavid, which I actually thought was pretty weird because this like the the way they've configured the top two lines recently has been really, really good. And uh, Kane, Dreisaitl, whatever, whatever pairing of Dreisaitl and Fogel has worked really well together. And they are they went back to that today at practice, which I think is a good sign. That's what I would want if I was an Oilers fan and an Oilers better here. So um I like that. And uh yeah, they're I mean, look at the lineup right now, it's looking pretty damn good. If they can get, you know, maybe one more D man, I think that's all we ask for our Oilers outrates. Lovely. All right, that does it uh for this episode of Line Change. We'll be back Wednesday, we'll be back Thursday and uh, for the rest of, of the NHL season. So for Tim and Nick, I'm Michael. Best of luck with all your bets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.